welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 214th episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. You first heard Ash Burgess on 26 previous episodes of the podcast. For a complete list, check the show notes. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies and an appetite for both high and low culture. She strives to celebrate the best of every season with her young children. Follow her on Instagram at Ash Burgess, A-S-H-B-U-R-G-E-S-S, all one word, and subscribe to her YouTube channel by searching for Ash Burgess, two words. And now on to the show. Welcome back to the Rob Burgess Show, Ash Burgess. Oh, thank you, Rob Burgess. Happy almost Easter. I know, we're really cutting it down to the line as far as getting this episode filmed. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, I know I always say film, and you always correct me. <laughs> there, there is no um, no visual footage. Much much to your chagrin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, we, we should stay right off the bat since you brought it up. How many uh, views is your Easter video up to now? I think I'm about uh, 4.5K. I would expect it to slow down after this, though. You know, yeah, I think obviously. I think the bulk of my views probably come in the couple weeks before Easter. You know, right right after St. Patrick's Day, leading up right till you know the point when people are really starting to think like, okay, it's time to gather the Easter basket stuff. That's when people are gonna watch a video about what to put in a kid's Easter basket. And then up until you know, I think. You know, there are still some people that are like probably tonight finishing up their shopping. Wow. Those might not be the kind of people that put the planning into it to like watch a video about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that does take a little pre-planning. On the other hand, I mean, no shade at people that are like still still putting it together. It's just, you know, I had to get it done obviously a long time ago so I could get the video up. I mean, I feel like you know, for for me personally, putting you know your Easter basket together. I feel like much, much like I was, we were talking about during the Christmas episode about how you, you know, do a lot of online shopping. I do more of the hand to hand in store, but I did. There were certain things I had to order to make sure I had, like that wouldn't be gettable necessarily in a store, or if they were, yeah. they would wouldn't be the sale price that they might be online. Yeah. No. See, that's the thing is that I mean. First of all, I don't really go into stores, but second of all, even if I was going to go into stores, once you've online shopped a lot, you see that the same thing, even at the same store online, will often be cheaper. Yeah. Even if you order it for pickup. Like, sometimes when I'm getting stuff for the kids, I'll order it for pickup just because it's going to be way cheaper than if you just actually go into the store to buy it. Yes. But, um... Yeah, that's congratulations. That's that's great. Thank you. I'm happy. I'm happy that, you know, it's gotten a lot of views and I've gotten a few residual, you know, not residual, that's the wrong word. I've gotten a few views, I'm sure, off of the success of that on some of my older videos, which is nice, and I've taken on a few new subscribers. So, you know, I'm always happy, you know, to see my channel growing and developing like that. You just cracked 300 subscribers. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm at like 305 now, somewhere wow. on there. So, yeah. One more? That's great. Yeah, so the thing is, it's it's exciting, and then there's this sort of momentum built, but I do think that Easter and Christmas are the biggest times as far as pulling in viewers. That's when people are really searching for True. shopping videos. I do have a lot of really exciting videos coming up, though. I have all the stuff ready to film a video of what we're getting 
our youngest for her second birthday. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, and this is really just like for us, we're just kind of going down like dominoes. We've got Easter. Then we've got immediately following, we've got several other family birthdays outside of our house, as well as we've got Lilac's birthday and your birthday. And then the next month we've got Emerald's birthday. And then just, you know, in, ju- in July, we've got, you know, the double birthday, me and our oldest. So it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of exciting videos coming up as far as... Don't forget Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. There's Mother's Day. There's Earth Day. That's Father's not really... Day. Yes. And Mother's Day and Father's Day. I mean, I don't know if... Well, I, I suppose I could do a Mother's Day video. I've seen a video before where someone did You're a video. You're not the one like, that's doing... Uh, no, but things I... Things are being done for you. But I've seen a, a video before where it was like things that I've suggested to my husband to get me for Mother's Day. I actually found that video very helpful. I actually pulled several ideas from that list in the past that I used, you know, when, you know, you were... Does mean you have to put me on blast? <laughs> no, I'm not putting you on blast. I'm just saying that I think that a lot of women, just as a lot of adult men, struggle to think of ideas of what they want for themselves. It's so much easier to shop for a yeah. child because... Children need a lot of things. I mean, they're they're constantly changing sizes, so they need clothes and stuff, obviously. But also, children have both the desire and the time for toys. And generally, children like a lot of different toys. By the time you get to be an adult, you know, mm-hmm. you know how it is. You don't have that much time for anything outside, you know, whatever limited range of interest you've decided to focus in on. So it makes it a little bit harder when people want some fresh ideas for what to get for you. So I have found videos like that helpful where it was like, you know, here's some things I've asked my husband for, for like a stocking stuffer or mother's day or something. So perhaps I'll do a video like that. But I don't know, but I could do one for father's day. I don't think I've done a father's day one before, but I could, I'm definitely doing the kids birthday ones. Cause part of the reason I like doing those is just to be able to look back at those videos later and kind of remember what I got for them too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know to be helpful to other people, but it's also for me. I enjoy kind of looking back on that, you know. Yeah, and well, you got a lot of comments too. Those yeah, people. yeah. But you mentioned Emerald. Yes. Well, a lot of, because a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure because Easter is Emerald's favorite holiday. I'm not even sure. She doesn't really stop talking about it all year. I, I guess it just, I think that we just made the first Easter that she can really remember. It was like so good that from there, because I can't remember a time. I mean, obviously she, you know, probably didn't notice her first couple of Easters, but I think since she's been about two, it's been solidly her favorite holiday. So at least for the past several years. I feel like the day after Easter last year, she was like, I'm looking forward to Easter next year. She just loves, you know, I mean, she loves toys and candy and, and I do, a, I, I do a extra nice Easter basket. You do. I know, I like Lex candy too. Um, but I mean, I, I make a nice Easter basket and I think the kids really respond to it. Well, let's talk about it. Let's get down to it. Let's see. Uh, let's get down to what all the thousands of people are, are learning about Easter Easter basketry. Like, what do you have a philosophy of Easter basketry? I do, actually. And that's, like, part of why... Wow, got a lot to say about Easter baskets, too. She's really excited because I hung up a banner that says Happy Easter. And she thinks... That, and it's kind of in an... Uh, it's an arch, but what is it if, you, if the arch is going downwards? 
But she sees the art shape and so and it's colorful, so she keeps calling it a rainbow. Mm. And she's super psyched about it and she wants to tell us all about it. But anyway, going back to my philosophy of Easter basketry. To me, like I take gift giving very seriously and I take Easter basketry really seriously because I believe in setting some parameters for yourself that can kind of help yourself to shop and also to achieve the overarching feel that you want. And so for me with Easter, I think that most of the items should actually fit into a container, whether that is a basket or some other sort of receptacle, but whatever you're using as the Easter basket, everything you're giving the person should fit in the basket. And then you could potentially have maybe one or two larger items sitting beside the basket. But I don't think it's good if you have a basket and then there's like seven things sitting near the basket or you have to create an annex secondary basket. Like that's like a no for me. So that's one of the parameters I'm working within is that other than being really choosy about, you know, what is going to be the big thing outside the basket, mm -hmm. I'm really looking for things that will actually go inside the basket. Mm hmm. You know, so that already sets some limits yeah. on, you know, how big the items can be. And also, you know, obviously I have to figure out the basket too. I know some people use the same basket again every year. And that was originally my intent because that was what my mom always did. Like she had certain baskets for us mm -hmm. and, you know, she just like stored them in her closet or whatever. And then we would actually set the basket out kind of like a stocking. Like we would put the empty basket out on like the kitchen table and then in the morning, the basket would be filled, and Is it felt really magical. The Easter Bunny. Yeah, we didn't scenario. do. We didn't. I mean, we didn't do the Easter Bunny. But in theory, if the Easter Bunny had come, they would have been filling the basket in the night. I mean, we knew it was my mom. Yes. Even though I can remember being like so excited about it that, like, even though I knew that the <laughs> Easter Bunny wasn't coming, I still kind of thought like maybe if I like looked at it at the right moment, it would actually be the Easter Bunny. You know, like yes. you know when you're a kid and you just get so excited about something that it's like you almost become like slightly delusional. I remember my brother. Yeah. Claimed to have seen the Easter Bunny one year, and my parents were like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, no, but I, tell I, us more. <laughs> yeah, no, it can happen. Yeah. But. But yeah, so we had, you know, we would set the basket and it was kind of like a nice sort of traditional like reusing of the same basket thing. And I originally intended to do that with our kids. And for a variety of reasons, that has never come together. I mean, mm. I think the first couple years that we did Easter baskets, I every year was like, this is the basket. And then the next year I'd be like, no, for like for some reason that wasn't going to be the basket for the next year. Like I wasn't totally happy with it or... It was too small, and so it was really hard because I do, since I like most of the stuff to actually fit inside the basket, and I like to, for example, give picture books. I need a basket that can actually encompass a picture book, and like a lot of baskets aren't quite wide enough, so I think I had that problem with some of the baskets I originally used, or just aesthetically they were displeasing to me. And then I'm not sure if I've given up on this fantasy totally or not, but for a long time I was kind of chasing... I feel like these sort of ultimate, like, sort of semi-bougie kind of like low-key like normcore fantasy of Easter basketry is to get like the Pottery Barn Easter baskets with the like the liners that have the kids names embroidered on them but those are so expensive they're like so expensive and the thing is they would be more in range like if I had bought one basket per child like each year that they were born mm-hmm 
But at this point, I would have to buy, like, three baskets simultaneously. And when you add up the cost of the baskets and the liners, it would, like, literally be hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. And that feels like too much to spend on Easter baskets. Yeah. However, then we would never have to buy them again. And that's what people always say to justify when they finally do get them, is that, like, we'll never have to buy these again. However, half the time you do have to buy them again, and this is another reason why I haven't gotten them yet. Because if you want them all to match, and then you have another child, because maybe you weren't quite done when you bought the baskets, but then maybe they discontinue the pattern of liner that you used for the other kids. Mm-hmm. So then... In order to get everyone to match, like, either you have to accept having some people match, but then, like, whoever came last not matching, or you have to totally rebuy all the baskets so that everyone can match. So, at this point, it's like, first of all, I don't know if I ever want to spend hundreds of dollars on Pottery Burn Easter baskets. Although I haven't, like I said, totally given up on that. But second of all, at this point, I feel like if I am going to do that, I better just wait until we're totally done having kids. And then get all the Easter baskets at once, because then there's absolutely no excuse to ever have to rebuy them, and we're just set forever. Yeah, as long as we were, like, potentially someone else could be coming, you know? Yeah, I mean, we have to wait until we've, like, really, like, locked the door closed, you know? I mean, this last one snuck up on us. Yes, but I mean, we're still still planning to have at least one more, so... You know, I'm saying it. We until we have like the four people that we're intending to have. Like we're not we're not getting any monogrammed matching items because it's just you know what I mean. Like if we get the monogram matching items now, even like as soon as another person be born, they will somehow discontinue whichever print we picked. Obviously. Like that's just how things work. Of course, forcing you to rebuy. That's, that's exactly what I've just been saying. Like, yeah. So, so yeah, that's why we haven't done the Pottery Barn ones. Mm-hmm. And what I've ended up doing, though, is just using different containers every year. And I've, at, I started with more Eastery-looking containers, and then the last few years what I've done, which has worked really well, is to get more storage basket kind of containers, which I really like because then... I use whatever those storage baskets are just as storage, and we obviously always need more storage for, like, our kids' stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, there's all the different little collections and toys and various things, and, you know. And I do like that because I can get kind of the wire baskets, and I feel like those are kind of more of, like, a Pinteresty, bloggy kind of aesthetic, mm-hmm. which I do like. So yeah, that's that's my very long explanation about what's happening with the actual containers. So so yeah, the containers, I have like that whole thing of everything has to go in the container. And then another parameter that I set that I think really sets my Easter baskets apart from a lot of more average Easter baskets is that I think that the items in the basket should be Eastery. That which means that not only do they have to fit in the basket, you can't just get whatever you want that can fit in the basket. And I, this is not, I, I would flex on this for like an adult, but this is for children. So things that are not Eastery, like don't go in the basket. Like When I say Eastery, I mean like things for spring and summer, yes. To back it up. So everything's got to fit in the basket. And it needs to be Eastery. So, not just anything that you might otherwise get that would put in the basket. Like, things should be pastel. 
like I'm gonna name off a lot of qualities and not every item has to be all of these qualities, but they should embody at least one or ideal, ideally multiple of these qualities. Pastel. Bird. Like chick, duck, rabbit, unicorn, dinosaur, egg. Things that are like springy and summery, shiny and happy, rainbows, and like flowers. You know, baby animals. You see what I'm saying? So there are things that the kids might like that might fit in the basket that are not getting in because they're not Eastery and so they don't belong in the Easter basket. I also like to go for kind of a color palette that I'm working with, and I flex on the color palette a little bit. I'm not saying everything is like the same color, but I do try to think about colors and have a few main colors for each basket so that everything will look good together. Mm. And I also like to maybe pick some sub-themes within the basket. Like for example, for the girls this year I did kind of a daisy theme. Daisies are very popular right now. So I have several daisy themed items in each of the baskets. Ooh, mermaids are also acceptable. Things that are like happy and fun and shiny. How does your Easter basketry differ from your stocking stuff? When I stock stocking stuff... That is another... Uh, I think we were even talking about this the other day, that it's like, it's a finite space. Mm -hmm. You have to think about sizes of things much more. Yes, I think there's definitely a lot in Bless common you. there. And I think you could definitely draw ideas from the Easter basket video for stockings and draw, you know, stocking ideas from an Easter basket. So there's a lot of crossover. I would say the biggest difference is that with the stocking, I don't like things to necessarily be too Christmassy because I'm more thinking that they'll be used post-Christmas. And I feel like... Things that are Christmassy are so, so fun all through December, and then post-Christmas, a lot of them feel kind of like, meh, like you don't necessarily want to pull them out, although I do wear my Christmas socks all year long. I noticed you looking session. at the uh, nutcracker when you were yeah. saying. As I was hanging up the Easter banner earlier, I didn't notice that there's a nutcracker way up on a really high shelf above a cabinet that we kind of like forgot it's to It's kind of away. out of our normal eyesight, so it's easy to like blend into like the... Now that I know it's there, though, it's just yeah. going to be leering at I'll us take as it we like before. put into the Easter ham. But... <laughs> it's like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, so like, you know what I mean? Like Christmas themed clothes and knickknacks and thing don't feel as fun after Christmas, except for my Christmas socks. I made an exception for them. Whereas the Easter things that go in the Easter basket will still feel fun after Easter because when I think Easter, I'm really saying springtimey and summertimey, not mm -hmm. necessarily like Easter, like hardcore. Mm -hmm. So those will still be fun all through the spring and summer. So I would say the Easter basket is different in that way. Another way that the Easter basket things are different is that I don't restrict myself so much like with color or with going together. Like I don't think that the things in the stocking need to go together because I wrap the individual things in the stocking and they're more just like small things that are in the stocking. Like kind of like I think of the stocking as sort of a miniature version of under the tree. Like the gifts under the tree don't all have to work together. Although there should be some sort of an overarching plan about like kind of fulfilling a general like array of presents. 
but it's not like they all have to coordinate. Whereas the Easter basket gifts, while I don't necessarily do like a hard theme where everything coordinates, I do sort of think about what's going to look good together in the basket. Probably partially because they are unwrapped, they are all in the basket together. Well, the I guess the, a main structural difference is that a stocking. Main structural difference is that a stocking is only open on the top and covered, but most of the rest of it. Yeah, so it's not really matter how the different items look all crammed in there. It's more of an open top. It's like an open face sandwich for the. Yes, like I feel like in a stocking you could have like wool socks and like a bar of soap and like some kind of random like thingamajig or whatever, whereas the Easter basket is more about the presentation of the whole basket. Yeah, I think there are some differences. I do think that size-wise you can get a lot of ideas for, for either one, but I do feel like for the Easter basket I'm going more for an overall vibe, whereas I'm sort of less leaning into that for the stocking. Yeah, and this stocking, as we've discussed before, is kind of secondary to some of the tree gifts and other gifts, so there's not really yes. that possibility of an annex as much. I mean, there's things that won't fit in the basket that you can put outside, but, like, a basket should, should be and could be self-contained. Yes. Also, cost-wise, I spend a lot more on the baskets than I do on the stockings, because the, the stockings... I see yeah. them as kind of like a Secondary. like nibbly. A I see them as kind of like a nibbly appetizer before the tree gifts, like big dinner. Mm -hmm. And the tree gifts are like, I mean, I, I I always think it's so funny when people call the gifts under the tree the tree gifts. But to differentiate, it does make sense. Do you not call them the tree gifts? I don't know. It just sounds so like. Does that not make sense? I think that the problem is that just like. I've seen certain gifting conventions where there's other, like, names for, like, for example, some people that do, like, very religious, they'll do, like, a frankincense gift and a myrrh gift and a gold gift. Wow. And so I feel like whenever I say tree gifts, I also kind of imagine it in the same way that people are like, this is the myrrh gift and this is, like, the frankincense. <laughs> but, but yes, I, I feel like the tree gifts are where we put, like, more of, like, spend more money and there's usually more of them and they're bigger. Whereas I know some people I think put anything that can fit in the stocking in the stocking. Like, you know what I mean? Like a keys to a car or like a digital watch or like any, if it fits well, in the I stocking, mean, when, you can put it on in there. you don't have a budget, you know? <laughs> no, but I'm saying like if I was you giving can make someone... You as spectacular as you want to. But what Tiffany I mean though... Tiffany fits very nicely yes. in the stocking. But what I mean though is that I don't think that... I put Tiffany the, under the tree. <laughs> yes, I'm just saying I don't think... But, but that's not just about... It's not just about like what you can afford so much as where you want to spend it. Because I'm saying like I wouldn't put... Tiffany in the stocking unless I was going to put something even better under the tree. If the Tiffany is the That's best... That's when you could put a car yes, under the tree. Yes, but I'm saying if I'm putting something super nice, it's probably going to go under the tree regardless of size. Whereas the things in the stockings should be like nice, but in like a more modest way. Mm -hmm. you know. Whereas I do spend more on the Easter baskets. However, a lot of the things I spend the most on in the Easter baskets are secretly things that I was going to have to get the kids anyway, like shoes. Like, I always get them some kind of new shoes for Easter. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, 
if not always, but like usually the most expensive thing in the basket. But those are something that we were going to have to get them anyway. But they'll still be excited to get them in an Easter basket. Exactly. It's more exciting for them to get them in the Easter basket. And, you know, it's it's more exciting to have them in the Easter basket versus me just kind of being like, well, here are the shoes, you know? Yeah. And the same with, like, I put, like, water bottles in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was going to have to get them new water bottles anyway. But instead, they'll be like, ooh, the Easter water bottle, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't do this this year, but I've often done things like toothbrushes and like socks and underwear and things like that that do, you know, the cost of all that kind of stuff adds up, but it is stuff that I would have bought within the next few months anyway. Um, Emerald kind of bullied me a little bit about my basket tonight. Oh no, <laughs> what do you mean? About my, the, the um, bunny. Oh, she wasn't bullying you. She was just... She, you know how Emerald always wants to make sure that everyone has what they need. Yes. Like, she's the, she's the one who always, like, if somebody is not home... Like, if you're not home for dinner because you're working late or something, she's always the one that will be, like, worried about you and be like, make sure that daddy has dinner for when he comes home. She's always the one that will, like, remind people to, like, eat breakfast if she, like, doesn't see them eating or, like... Tell me that I, like, if I, like, was, like, having a headache, she's the one who would be like, Mommy, perhaps you should have a few sips of water. Mm-hmm. You know, so she just always wants to make sure everyone's taken care of. But, yes, she did, she did say, what, what exactly did she say? She was like. She mentioned it a couple times. She's worried that you didn't get me a chocolate bunny, even though I told you that I don't really eat the. Well, don't worry, spoiler alert, you have a chocolate bunny <laughs> now, so don't worry. <laughs> This is just to appease everyone so that she doesn't I blind couldn't have her. her like like I was literally at the store like do I want to like have to explain tomorrow <laughs> to Emerald why I do not have But if she just is worried because she feels like that's like a that's one of the very traditional things we always put in there. If she, she didn't just, get a chocolate bunny, I think she would be upset. She would be devastated. Yeah. Like I think she I think Part of what she's looking forward to is just the massive amount of chocolate that can only arrive in yeah. rabbit-shaped form. I should have taken a picture of it today, but, like, the only chocolate bunnies that were left at Meyer were literally the ones that had the head snapped off. Like, Aww, it was, like, 30 so of them, and they were all, like... I'm so sad for the person that just kind of sighs and buys that and, like, yeah, tries to, oh, like... I know. Tries to maybe, like, prop the head back on or something. Oh, no. Yeah. A little melted chocolate. I mean, I don't know if everybody does the chocolate bunny in the Easter basket, but I feel like for us, that was a, that's a gold standard. It is. I mean, obviously, uh, Emerald, yeah. Emerald explained it to me. We um, did have to emergently get some jelly beans because she also mentioned that the jelly beans were mm-hmm. things she was looking forward to the most. Definitely. Um, but I think the hardest thing this year has been filling the eggs. Filling eggs is always the hardest. It's so difficult, especially when you have little kids. Also, I think you're right about loose candy and eggs. It's it's a fool's game, you know? It is, because, okay, for years I would just put, like, loose jelly beans and cereal pieces and, like, little, like, bunny grams, you know, the, like, supposedly healthier imposter, like, teddy grams and, like, things like that. And... That seems like a great idea, because it's, like, the snack food that you maybe even have in your pantry anyway, and the kids like it, and it's fine. But what happens when they're egg hunting is 
Then they immediately sit down with their eggs and they start opening the eggs. And as they're opening, there's just like random loose cereal and like jelly beans and stuff just like pouring out and mixing together and getting ground into the carpet and going everywhere. And it's gross and disgusting and terrible. And then as I was getting ready to, you know, fill the eggs for this year, I was like rinsing them and I was trying to like rinse like weird melted jelly bean gunk out of them. Because inevitably, there's always some, as many fall out and just get eaten, or they eat too many, you know, there's always some that are just left behind and somehow you miss it when you're packing the stuff away and then they've like melted into the thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm done with loose candy. Only prepackaged things or other things that are just like stable. Although this year we've gone real basic and I think the kids will be fine. They're going to love it. We've got the M&M's in little packets. Yes. Something all of them can have. We have Band-Aids. Kids love Band-Aids. And then we have... They always want to put Band-Aids on when they don't need them. Yeah, and then I think we're just going to do some pennies. Yeah. We have to keep those away from Lilac, though, so she doesn't choke on them. But the kids will be super excited, because they're at the point where they're just kind of getting to have, like, a few dollars to, to their names. Shout out to my mom for for sending them each a five dollar bill, which was like the most exciting thing that's ever happened. That was like probably I would I think if they were making like a journal of this week, like that would be like way at the top. Oh, like yeah. the splendors of like receiving five dollar bills like, and Easter cards in the mail. Five whole hours inside an Easter card. That's I know, right? Emerald I've never she was glowing. She was like, Good news, Daddy. <laughs> But so so I think we're gonna put some pennies in there and we're also going to do for Lilac we got some socks because she can't really have the pennies. She ran over because she heard us talking about her. But I'm really excited though because even though I know she was at Easter last year, I feel like she wasn't really like a fully engaged participant the way that she was this year. Yeah. Like, I know last year she was almost one. Bless you. I know last year she was almost one, and I know she kind of hunted for some eggs, but I feel like she wasn't, like, really fully able to be into it. I think this year she's really going to be really able to really have a great time. Well, I I just always feel like there's too much emphasis placed on the babies first, fill in the blank. No, babies, by the time they get to be, like, one, two, three. For most of that. And, like, they're I not going to they're remember. a lump. That's... That's a little harsh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're not as lively as they are. Like, she's, you know, really yes. what she's doing now. I mean. Well, they're just not as outwardly focused. I mean, I think when when, when a baby's a newborn or even but they're like not their supposed first year to be. or so. They're, they're, they're yes. small. Like, they're still learning. But that, I'm just world. saying, I wouldn't say they're a lump. I would just say they're like. Okay, like one may have been a little bit harsh. It's very harsh. I, I don't think that any baby I've ever produced has, like, been a lump. I've, I've seen some babies out and about that I would describe that way, but. They're they're less self sufficient and yeah. they're far less. Well, they're mobile. not they're not really wanting to engage with like no. a strange new holiday. They're really for them it's exciting enough just to like eat and drink and sleep and you know. But I feel like now you know she's gonna want to you know hunt for the eggs and all. I mean she is like riding a small bike across the <laughs> kitchen, shouting at baby beluga right now. So. I was saying she's. You're definitely feeling it this year. Oh, yeah. I think it helps, too, that she's at the point where 
she's capable enough to like almost do a lot of the stuff that the bigger kids can do and she desperately wants to so whatever their excitement is and whatever they're into she's just gonna be like feeding off of that what other what other um candy is traditional to you to me like that i personally find traditional or that i think is traditional to others because for me, the chocolate bunny is like the, just the kind of the iconic traditional Easter candy. Like, and like I'm even past the point where I personally feel like I need one. But my grandma would always send me a chocolate bunny in the mail, and so I have like very good memories about that. And so I always make sure that the kids have one because I think it's like a nice thing. But I know that Peeps are a huge deal to a lot of people, and I've never gotten into them. I mean, no one in my family I think likes them. I mean, like, no one, like, in my original family, and no one, I mean, you don't like them, so no one in our, like, current family either. No, I've disliked peeps from the first time I ever had them. I think, though, I was disappointed by them when I finally did taste them, because I actually do like the taste of marshmallow. But to me, they they're not, they're, they're, they, but they're supposed to be marshmallow, but they're like, but no, if marshmallow was flavorless, that would be a peep. And I just don't understand why people like them. Consistency is all wrong. But it, the flavor is off. Like marshmallow well, has... Yes, the flavor is off too. It's all bad. <laughs> but I do think that some people like really, really like them. I think people like the aesthetics too. The way it looks. It's a big part. They are cute. I mean, if I liked them, I think I would be very excited because they're very cute. And they come in an array of colors. I did see something that I was really tempted to get for the kids this year, but I didn't because of my general disliking of peeps. What? But it was like, it was like a little cardboard castle. And actually, I think it's an imposter version inspired by, you know how Emerald has that Miley Mouse castle? Mm-hmm. Which is like super like high-end, like boutique-y, like... It's a little cardboard castle, and it comes with, like, a little, like, princess mouse in it. And I swear the Peeps people obviously, like, ripped this off for their marketing idea. Because it was, like, a cardboard, like, obviously not as nice as the Miley one. It was, like, a cardboard castle, and there was, and then the the castle, like, the interior castle part, I think, had, like, maybe four, like, bunny Peeps in it. And then there was, like, a stuffed bunny peep kind of sticking up of, like, the top of the castle part, which was, like, a turret, like, with the, what are what do you call the pieces of the castle where there's, like, a space between them? Um, I think you know, that a traditional castle edging. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, so then it's kind of sitting, sitting and kind of coming up out of the top, there was a peep. And then the whole thing would be either, like, the castle and the peep. Like, one of them was blue, and it had, like, more of, like, a, I guess, masculine-looking crown. And then the one, the other was pink, and it had like a more sort of princessy-looking tiara. Mm-hmm. So you get to keep the stuffed animal, and you can eat the peeps that are inside. But it was obviously ripped off from the Miley Mice people. I don't know if Miley knows about this. I'm sure they've noticed and they're upset. But <laughs> but anyway, I almost got it though because it actually was adorable, and I knew that Emerald would recognize it as being like the same as her castle. But she wouldn't think like, oh, this is a ripoff. She would just probably add the castle in as like an annex onto her castle and have like the hideous peeps creature like move in beside her like little bespoke tweet mice oh of course i didn't like i was that was an area where i restrained myself though that's good i had already purchased stuffed animals for the kids and i didn't want to add it. that's another thing i try not to be too redundant in things like if i've already bought one stuffed animal i probably won't buy like a second stuffed animal mm-hmm. and if somehow i talk myself into buying a second stuffed animal i'm definitely buying a third you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
Although I did end up with two different kinds of bubbles this year. Hmm. But that was only because at first I couldn't get the bubbles that I wanted, which were the bubble wands that have the little toppers that look like spring animals. Like two of them are bunnies and one we got has like a chick. And then I saw these really, really cute ones that are like ice cream cones. So we got those, but then I was able to get the bubble wands with the animals also. Hmm. But that is okay in my mind because those are two different styles of bubble compartment and... You know how kids just, like, half the time they're trying to blow the bubble, they're holding the bubble container in one hand, and they totally tilt the entire thing out, and they scream and scream and scream. So you really can't have too many bubbles anyway. Yeah, it happens a lot, I feel like. My experience. Something that I promised myself I wasn't going to buy this year, but then ended up getting was chalk. And I do think that's a not a candy, but still an Easter basket staple. Like, the bubbles and the chalk, you got to have bubbles You're and chalk. You're, like, allergic to chalk. It makes me itch so badly, and I didn't realize it for a long time, because I was fine with it. Like, I don't remember having a problem with it, like, when I was, like, like in, in college, when teachers would draw on the chalkboard. I don't remember having a particular issue with it. And then, when our kids have used sidewalk chalk, it's not my allergicness to it that makes me hate it. It's just everything else about it. But... <laughs> But I have realized since I got the kids a easel with like a blackboard and I have realized that I am actually terribly allergic to chalk and it makes my whole body itch. So I've stopped using the blackboard side. But anyway, I hate chalk because I, just, I don't like the texture of it. Like the feeling of holding it in my hands is terrible. They have holders. Yes, that's true. I also don't like the noise that it makes as it like scrapes against the sidewalk. I also don't like how it gets all over the children. Like, there's always colored dust on everything, and it says that it's washable, but it always stains all the clothes that it's in the wash with. Like, I just despise it. It's one of those things that I, for years, didn't admit to myself because I was like, everyone is supposed to like this, and I finally admitted a few years ago I hate it. And I said to myself, this year, I'm not getting any chalk. But then... But then I saw that they had unicorn horn chalk at a lower price point. Okay, I've always wanted the unicorn horn chalk. There's this really, really, really expensive, like, really, like, boutique-y brand of chalk. It's called Twee. Mm. And they make, like, okay, like, I'm talking about, like, a $45, like, what? box of chalk that looks like pieces of pizza. Cool. Or, like, a solar system. Mm. And they have unicorn horn chalk. That I've always been really tempted to get. Because I know the kids would get a kick out of it being unicorn horn shaped. But the super expensive unicorn horn chalk is like $14 for a packet. And mm -hmm. I can't spend $14 on sidewalk chalk. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would not be a good purchase. <laughs> but then when I saw that Crayola had unicorn horn chalk at like a much more like affordable price point. And when I thought to myself, you know, we could take the chalk to the park and use it. On a sidewalk that's, like, not near our house. You would still have to hear it touching. I can deal with that if I don't have to also deal with it, like, coming into the house. Hmm. So, anyway, yes, I said I wasn't getting chalk, and I did. <laughs> but going back to what you said about candy, I guess Emerald thinks jelly beans are the Easter candy. She asked for them specifically. She did. We had to emergently get them because she, you know. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm most looking forward to the jelly beans. And I was like, emergency, <laughs> emergency shopping. But I think that, you know, just as long as the kids have some chocolates. And I feel like we used to get some weird things like gumdrops and stuff like that that no one likes. I feel like 
Or chocolate coins, eh? Yeah, I think we would get chocolate coins. What about chocolate crucifix? We've never done the chocolate crucifix, but I know that you and I have spoken about it at great length because I, it bothers I, us both. I feel like it's it's been featured on this podcast before. So. It has, but I think that you know it's, it deserves being spoken about again. My issue with the chocolate crucifix is that I feel like it's an it's like a near miss of. I think someone tried to do something. They had a certain idea and. It doesn't quite gel for me because I see where I see where you're going when you're like reason for the season. Yes, like this is the this is the this is like the chocolate rabbit for someone who it's the equivalent of like you know when someone gets mad when you say happy holidays because you want to be like yes. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's like someone who fears that the chocolate rabbit is like too pagan and takes you away from the true meaning of the holiday. But they still want to have the large chocolate item because they don't want to give up on anything. Are so, any, side note, are there any Jewish people that get mad when people don't say Happy Hanukkah? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or is it strictly like just people for Christmas? <laughs> I think it's strictly people for Christmas. But the, like but the Christmas Jewish problem. people would have just as much right to complain in that case, right? I mean, I feel it's like Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> They're a little, a little more like maybe chill about it. I don't know. Well, apparently, because I've never heard anyone say. Well, that. but they have just as much right, right? I mean, you didn't mention my specific thing. Yeah, I mean, but what is it about right? I mean, I I think the whole thing is ridiculous because. Of course. I always like before when I was an innocent young child. Before I was aware of this whole like heated debate about saying Happy Holidays versus Merry Christmas. My assumption, as I came to understand the term, was that when people say happy holidays, it's an umbrella term encompassing all of the holidays that come kind of in rapid succession. So even if you are a Christian and you're wishing someone a happy Christian experience, you could just be referring to, like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, which all kind of come all 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 together, you know, wrapped up in a pretty... Tight clip. I mean, I think by Thanksgiving, a lot of people already have a lot of their Christmas planning done, or at least they're getting real serious about it. And you always think about New Year's when Christmas is passing. You know, it's 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 part of a whole package deal. I mean, there's even that song. You know that song where they sing about all the different holidays. Happy holidays. Yes. Happy holidays. Yeah, in that song, I think they even mention something about Halloween. Like. Um. That that one song. uh, Oh, what's it? I met a man who went from tennis. Yes. That's a Thanksgiving song. Yeah, all I'm saying but is so. Co opted because it's As all a the child, same. I always people thought Happy both. Holidays just meant like happy season that we're in, in which you're probably celebrating several holidays. And yes, it does also nicely include people that might be celebrating other holidays now, <laughs> but not necessarily or specifically. It's just kind of like, hey, happy, you're probably celebrating something around yeah. now. But anyway. So I do think that's the equivalent of Easter. Yeah. Like, you're afraid that the bunny isn't like Jesusy enough. But, but to me, the chocolate cross misses the mark because to me, there's something. Which side of the cross do you like to eat first? <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just like just nibble oh, I go for the head, <laughs> nibble right in there. <laughs> it's just to me that's uncomfortable. Like I would feel maybe like I was committing a crime. You know, I would feel like I was possibly doing something wrong if I like nodded to like the size of her. It's so devout that it almost becomes sacrilegious. Well, it's kind of like 
if you went into somebody's house and they had like a random rabbit figurine, yeah, you might, you know, absentmindedly fiddle with it or something if you're like the kind of person that fiddles with things in other people's homes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that would be not like super weird. If you went into somebody's house and they have a crucifix on the wall, it would be pretty weird if you like went over and started like poking it. Yes. You know what I mean? Whereas if you saw like a random decor piece of like a rabbit, it wouldn't be like a huge faux pas. I feel like if you were like, oh, what a fun rabbit and like gave it a little dab on its ear or something. But I, I feel like maybe would the pagans say the same? No. About or no, or, no wait, whoever made no. up the bunny thing. I don't think so. No. Why? Because the bunny itself is more of just like a symbol of springtime. I think the difference is that the bunny isn't supposed to be a god. If it was like a specific god, lays eggs, goes to everyone's house. It's not a god, though, it is, it, and <laughs> and it's not divine. It's not a child of God or supernatural. A, but being supernatural is not the same as being a central deity to your religion. Like, even if you're a pagan, the bunny itself... Are you saying because they're polytheistic? Kind no, of they, that's not what I'm saying. The bunny isn't supposed to be a god. It's just like a general springtime bunny. Hmm. There are some, like stories involving a bunny and like various you know goddesses and things like that but i don't think that it's that the bunny is specifically supposed to be like you're worshiping it i'm saying like i presume that if you would buy a chocolate crucifix you you also worship jesus yeah probably i mean it would be really messed up if you bought the chocolate crucifix and you don't worship jesus you're like eating it like spitefully or something yeah that would be even worse but I'm, but but my point though being that pagans who are celebrating a spring holiday around Easter time aren't worshiping a giant Easter rabbit, so it's not the same at all. Okay. It isn't. Okay. It's totally different. I mean, because for example, by that line of thinking, it would be wrong to have Easter eggs. No, that's... Rabbits don't lay eggs. The Easter rabbit does. But it's not a god. No. Just because something is magically able to lay eggs doesn't mean it's a god. (laughs) Rabbits generally do not lay eggs. First of all, there are disagreements about the the origins of the Easter bunny. And second of all, the closest to a god involvement in the origin of the Easter bunny that I've encountered is a story in which a goddess saved a bird's life and then but she but in saving its life she turned it into a bunny but then it was sad because it wouldn't be able to lay eggs anymore hmm. so then she gave it the power to lay eggs kind of as like a consolation prize and then it got to like go live in the moon hmm. but that wasn't like now we will worship this rabbit it was more like this rabbit is friends with the goddess who like helped it. Mm. So you're even even if you even if you were like practicing. So is it a god only if someone worships it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, can can you be a god if no one worships you? Sure. Hey, God over here. Excuse me. What if you don't? You know, like to gain inquirers. No, I I think you're like only a, subscribe. You're only a god if someone else agrees that you're a god, right? 
I'm asking you. I think gods are only gods because they, you know, there's power invested in them. Or even if no one worships you, if it's understood that at some point in time you were worshipped and considered to be a god. Like, there are gods that What if you used to be worshipped and you're not worshipped anymore? Do you not go from being a god to not a god? No, that's what I'm saying. I think that there are some gods that we know about that were worshipped probably in ancient times that few that no or like very few people are worshiping currently but we still refer to them as gods because there was an established time when their stories were written when there were people that considered them to be gods saying if no one considers you to be a god nor have they ever in the past you're not a god no one has ever considered the easter bunny to be a god okay you're telling me that there's a bunny that lays eggs and okay maybe that's not a god maybe it is for all you know. No. If, the, if, if that's true. No one thinks the Easter Bunny is a god. Except maybe. Who cares if except maybe the people who are buying the cro- the, the chocolate crucifix I'm just fear it's that other people think natural. the Easter Bunny is a god. It's, it's supernatural. Being some, supernatural doesn't equal being a god. It doesn't preclude it either. Yeah, but just because something doesn't preclude something doesn't make it true. No, but it doesn't rule it out either. Are unicorns gods because Why they not? possibly they, the, the rainbow shoot out of them? Do they though, sometimes. or is that just something that everyone made up? I mean, it could be. But I just think that you're so wrong that I don't even know how to explain to you how wrong <laughs> you are. I think that the same person that thinks that the Easter Bunny is a god is the person. Why does that, someone have to think it's true? No, because I feel All like I feel like you've adopted it. the line of reasoning that the people who and and see here's where you know we don't do Santa either, but for other reasons. <laughs> but your line of reasoning about the Easter Bunny being a god is the same as people who refuse to acknowledge Santa because they think that Santa is actually Satan in disguise. No. That's the same person that thinks that the I'm Easter Bunny saying, is a god. Wait a second. Yes. I'm not calling the Easter Bunny the devil. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying I think you, you, if you're looking for another group of people to agree with you that no, the Easter I, Bunny is I a god that we're worshipping in chocolate, I think that those are the people <laughs> who will join you. I don't need anyone to agree with me. I'm just saying. And nor does a god. Like a god, I, I think you're totally wrong. I think I think something can be a god and no one else can even recognize it. No. Okay. <laughs> I just don't think you're right. Alright. And you're definitely not right about chocolate bunnies. What? A chocolate bunny is not to pagans what a chocolate crucifix is to Christians. It could be. It's to somebody. Not. It's not. To someone. But as a blanket <laughs> as a blanket statement, I, I think if I round I... up some pagans right now, they would tell you it's not. Probably shouldn't round them up. They wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> if I explained them why they need to be here, I think some of them will come willingly. You're probably wondering why I've <laughs> called you into this windowless van. <laughs> well. It's to prove to my husband that he's wrong. <laughs> I think they'll. I think they'll support me in this. <laughs> we provide snacks. Yes. Okay. I will. Fruit snack passion. You <laughs> <laughs> could be here for several hours. They are Easter themed, so you should be happy, or unless you're not. Unless you're not. Unless you don't want to eat. They are gummy rabbit shaped, so maybe you don't want to eat them. Okay, but getting back to the crosses. We are on quite a tangent there, but but I think we agree that the crosses, the chocolate crosses, are yes, that's wrong. Should not be eaten. Shouldn't, they shouldn't exist. Yes, they're, they're wrong. Another but, thing that should not exist that I've seen is 
And this is more just purely for just, this is disgusting reasons, not because it's wrong in the same level, is flavored edible Easter grass. So, like, instead of the, like, crinkle paper in the bottom of the Easter basket, you're supposed to just, like, put this, like, it looks kind of like the crinkle paper, but apparently it's edible. But, like, isn't that just going to, like, melt onto all the other things you put in the basket and be disgusting? Yeah, you don't have to sell me on why that's gross. Yeah, but, like, why, why does that exist? I feel like it's... Possibly exists slightly in relation to, like, I know some people are like, you shouldn't use the crinkle Easter grass because Why? it's, like, not good for the earth. No. Just because it's, like, a waste of paper. But oh. but I save the grass, but I save the crinkle paper. So no. I feel like me, it's kind of an eco-shaming where it's, like, me, the individual person, shouldn't use a small amount of crinkly paper that they're going to, like, be reusing for the next 10 years. No, our, yeah. It's like, no, I, I don't think I'm the problem here. No, obviously not. But I think going back to the crucifix, I think it is something that we've struggled with in that it's a pretty gruesome story, even if you think oh. it has a happy ending. Yeah, no, as far as just, like, ta- talking to our kids about, like, the Christian Easter story, it is it is difficult because I think our kids are pretty sensitive in certain ways. And also Christmas is like, he's born, hooray. Yes, that's an easy story to tell. And then this is kind of like the dark, if it was a pair of bookends, this is like the dark other side of the yeah. of the story. I mean, and of course it's supposed to be joyful because it's like, no, he's risen. But it's hard to explain, it's hard to get kids over the hump of he was captured and murdered. Yeah. <laughs> In like a really horrific way. By the state. Yes, like that's kind of a hard hump to clear to bring it back around to like, but he has risen, hallelujah, you know, but it's like, for the kids, that's that's very devastating. Yes. And and they're still kind of confused, and like, we read them a couple stories about it, and I mean, we read them like, like your mom sent us a book that I thought was like very tastefully no, it was, done. It was helpful, you know, and I, I, I think that like, they're starting to understand it without being totally like freaked out about it. Yeah, I, I've tried to kind of be soft, soft key about it, like I kind of skipped over certain parts in the book, like I kind of was like... Unfortunately, Jesus was arrested, and then I kind of skipped to his disciples feared he had died, but then the tomb was empty, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, it's like they know what's going on, but it's just, it's it's a lot. It's heavy. But it's not something you can avoid. No. I mean, but it's definitely like, it's, it's you know, definitely kind of tiptoe. Mm-hmm. You do not like hard-boiled eggs. I dislike them. I, I feel like I am sounding like a person with a lot of dislikes here. Because I really went on and on about the chalk. But I actually really do not like hard-boiled eggs. Which is a shame because I feel like so many Easter traditions have, like, deviled eggs in the center of them. But I've gotten around that this year by having the kids make tiny eggs out of modeling clay that we're going to paint tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And they seem perfectly fine with that. I mean, maybe tomorrow they'll be like, hey, we forgot to decorate Easter eggs. But I'm hoping that we'll just blow right past that. Because... I honestly wouldn't mind doing the decorating of Easter eggs if anyone in our family would eat them. But you're not going to eat them. No. I'm not going to eat them. None of our children have so far agreed to eat any of them. You could paint raw eggs that we would then use in all recipes that we use raw eggs for, but then... You know, actually, that's a genius idea. We should have done that. We could still do it. I mean, I feel like tomorrow's going to be pretty packed. I think the ship on that one might have sailed. That would have been a much better idea, though. I don't know why I never thought of that. Would it in any way 
distort the egg inside? I don't think so. I mean, you're still able to eat hard-boiled eggs after dyeing them. Sometimes a little dye leaches colored. But it would probably be fine. Hmm. Because I think usually when they get colored, it's when the shell cracks a little bit, which often happens with the hard-boiling. I think the biggest danger would just be the kids dropping and breaking raw eggs all over the kitchen while we're trying to dye them. But if we could get past that part, I do think that's actually a good solution, which we should do next year. Because I also just, I really don't like the smell of hard-boiled eggs. Like, it fills the house, and it's, like, impossible to get out. I feel like days later, it's, like, still lingering. My mom used to pack uh, hard-boiled eggs sometimes in my lunch that she would bring, I would take to school. And... Um, I just remember in the weeks after Easter, there's a lot of Easter eggs. There's a lot of Easter hard-boiled <laughs> eggs to be had. Yeah, no, my mom used to try to feed us hard-boiled eggs, like I think fairly frequently, especially in the Easter season. I mean, we had chickens, and eggs was like a big, you know, big food source. It seems like easy to just be like, here, eat this hard-boiled egg. Lots of good protein and nutrients, but. That's just that's just a no for me. It's yeah, I'm past the time in my life where that's gonna be healthy. Like there are some people that like things like egg salad, and I just I can't no. go there. No, thank you. But we do have a ham that we're gonna do for tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's like a pretty traditional like Eastery pineapple thing. Yeah, got two pineapples. I noticed that. We just can't let one of them kind of fall to the side, and then like. Not be eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of pineapple, but I don't the way the kids like pineapple, I think that'll go pretty quickly. Yeah. But I am excited about a lot of the stuff to go back to the Easter baskets. I mentioned like all the most like standard and boring things, but I actually do have a lot of really exciting things in the baskets. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's like super interested to see it all should definitely watch my video. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Of course. Um, you know, and I don't do things that are super like, yearly if that makes sense um so all the things i picked now would be just as good next year or whatever mm-hmm. so i think that's like a good thing and yeah. i'm excited about your easter basket i'm excited about your easter basket too. oh good yeah i think that's that's a fun thing that we've always done is that we've always made easter baskets for each other mm-hmm. like i don't think everyone does that for their spouse mm-hmm. but i think it's nice yeah but springtime though let's talk about springtime let's do the splendors of springtime Kind of a sequel to our Slenders of Autumn season. My favorite season. I wonder why. My birthday's in two weeks. I don't know why. (laughs) Also, your favorite color is green. And this is the greenest time of year here where we are in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Aggressively. It's like, yes, like today when we went outside, it had snuck up just, just the last couple, even the last few days of just like the right combinations of rain and sun or whatever. It is like so green right now. Mm -hmm. It's like... I feel like when the, this is the time of year where, like, the outdoors is almost, like, vibrating greenness. Mm-hmm. Which, that is one thing that I actually really missed when we lived in California, is how green it is here. Surprisingly, yes. Surprisingly, because I didn't really think about that before we moved there, that it's just... I mean, it's just the different climate is just not as green. It's just less humid. But here, it's so humid, which is really awful in a lot of ways. But the one really nice thing about humidity is that it makes everything so lush... Mm-hmm. Sometimes of year that it's just like it does feel like you're just like inside of an enchanted forest, mm-hmm. which is like I think nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for spring this year because like all our kids are at good ages for like playing outside and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
Wow, I guess like very physically like mobile and everything now. So she's really ready to like amble around the park and mm-hmm. all that. And we're hopefully gonna like meet some horses this year. And what's your favorite thing about spring other than, you know, it being your birthday in green? Cadbury eggs. Yes, and that is the Easter candy we didn't talk about. That's gotta be your standard, right? Yes. It's my favorite candy of all year. Did you remember to get the replacement Cadbury egg? I tried. Were they all out everywhere? Yeah. Because we started recording this podcast yet the other day and You convinced me to let you have one of the Cadbury eggs from your Easter basket. I almost asked for another one today. But don't you want to feel special tomorrow when the Cadbury eggs arrive? I just always want a Cadbury egg in my mouth. Every Cadbury egg that you eat tonight is one less Cadbury egg that will be there for you tomorrow. I can't hear you over this Cadbury egg. Mm-hmm. I do think the Cadbury egg is pretty splendid just in that do we is is it the most decadent food of all time i love how it's so like there's no pretense you know you're eating an egg of deliciousness that's chocolate and i still maintain and i know i've tried to tell you this before and you like poo pooed me but i think that the cadbury egg is like the grocery store version of something that could be like a really like a high class confection. Like I'll believe it when I have it. I just, I want to someday make like an, like a chocolate egg with like our own filling. I think it would be This is like when you were working at Starbucks and you got so offended that I liked the bottled um, Frappuccino more than the Frappuccino that they made in the store. It's also like how <laughs> it upsets me that you like the the little crescent rolls that come in the tube so much. So good. But once you've had the real version, how can you go back to those? Mm. It tastes a certain like, way. I just, I don't know. I think I'm just past that point of like, I've tasted certain things enough you, to you, just You like, have a fire more fine palate than, than me i suppose I that's true i mean i'm trying to find a way to say that i like i feel like i i'm sounding like super like snobby or something here but no you just you know what you like and you like usually like... The, the more expensive <laughs> items. Hey, it's not because they're more expensive it's i'm not saying better. that it's because i'm just saying it just, like, I just it like works nice out things, that okay. way it doesn't you know it's i can just feel the niceness I and i like it i just not nice things offend me <laughs> And I don't like the lower version of everything. I know. There's just certain things. There's just certain things that are just, I just don't think you need to like, you need to take it any further. You've already perfected it. Stop digging. You've hit gold. (laughs) I'm not trying to say that Cadbury eggs are bad. I'm just saying that I think one day I'm going to make you a Cadbury egg. Okay. Well, you show me the store where I can go buy one of those and I will do that. Well, I think that we need to go to like more of like a fine, like a fine confectionery like a like a fine chocolatier or something do i have to call it a chocolatier <laughs> yes or possibly a shopping. To be served. <laughs> no but you know what i mean like i think like a nice candy maker or like this is like the kind of thing that like in the fantasy where you're in paris and you're like walking down the street and obviously there's a view of the Eiffel Tower and you're like shopping and then you duck into a little shop and there's like the little candies and the things. This is like the, the thing that in that fantasy you stumble upon if you happen to be there at Easter. Okay. I'm not... 
<laughs> what? Usually in that situation, so. But if you were, you have to admit of it would course, be glorious. I would love that. That would be amazing. I'm just saying, like, you can't say that, that wouldn't be nice. Yes, okay. Or possibly I could see the same situation happening maybe in, like, Germany. Mm-hmm. Somewhere with, like, more of, like, a long tradition of, like, fine chocolate work. A guy peering at a ladle. Yes. <laughs> a woman mixing the fresh cream with the various flavors that she's going to put into the interior of the Cadbury egg. Hand you know? mixing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or possibly with some kind of, like, a bespoke whisking implement. But what else do you like about springtime? Um, I like your seeds. My seeds are doing really, really well. Um, I'm actually worried the nasturtiums are doing too well. They, they, they're like I, I, I only planted them. I mean, they've only been they they've only been up for maybe a week, but they're already so tall. They're probably like five inches tall today. Mm. I'm afraid they're going to get too big for the little seed planters things I have before the frost is over. So we are planning a whole bunch of stuff. We've taken advantage for the first time this year of the seed library at our library. They have a lot of variety. Yeah, and that's a new thing. I feel like I know I noticed a few years ago one of the libraries we go to had it, and now you said it's at all of them. Yeah, they all have their own one. Yeah, and that's like super fun to be able to get like free and different seeds. People bring their own too. There's a side table where people like nice. just help yourself to. My mom would be super excited about that because she does, like, seed saving. Like, she's a part of, like, seed saving organizations where you, you like, exchange with people, like, sort of, like, ant- I don't antique is not the right word. Some of it is antique. But, like, really old, like, heirloom varieties of seeds and things. You exchange and then you, like, grow them mm-hmm. and you give other seeds to people just to, like, keep, like, weird or unusual, you know, less less popular varieties of things alive. Hers are probably not GMO, I imagine. No, probably not. I think that's one of the reasons that the organizations exist is because these are seeds that are, like, harder to find now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the less popular squash and, like, the weird flowers and, like, the, like, unusual tomatoes and all those things. I thought some of those were, like, kind of a lot of conditions on growing them. Well, there are a few that you got that I won't be planting because they said they'll take like 300 days to like mature or something like that. And it's like, like in I don't two know. years, you will love it. It's this. like, I don't even know if I'll still be living here then. So, right. Like, I mean, we're not in like our forever home by any means. So it's like, I'm not looking to like invest in flowers. No, that will this be is here for people that years. are like planning for like, yeah. they have a five year plan for their garden. <laughs> Which I totally am all about when I'm actually no, I know. planning. But I'm saying like, that's years, just but... not. No, I'm looking for flowers that are going to look good no, we're looking for this moment. summer and fall. And then, you know, and that's we're, pretty we're much We're looking it. for annuals, not perennials. Yes. I think all perennials are the ones mostly yeah. that I have that kind of timeline. We also don't have the best lighting, so we mostly got things that can go in, Partial. you know, yeah, shade. Although I did experimentally plant some pumpkins and some sunflowers. Even though they, they might not do well, yeah, I just wanted to see because we love them. So I figured we'd see if some of them might be okay. Mm-hmm. Plus, if we move and take some of the plants with us, we can take them and maybe they'll get happy. <laughs> if we, like, move them before it's, like, too late. Dramatic resurgence. Yeah. If, if you were a sunflower struggling and then you moved to a new home where there was more sun, you'd probably be pretty psyched, right? It's like July. Oh, it's July. Exactly. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. There's dandelions blooming outside now too. I think they're they're everywhere. I felt so bad for Emerald the other night when she picked those dandelions. We took a walk like before bedtime, and she picked the dandelions. She said that they were sad because she could see they were closing up because the sun went down. She wanted to rescue them by bringing them back to her house. And I saw her the next day holding, like, the wilted dandelion flower up to... She was holding it up to the lamp. I think she was hoping it would open back up. And I was like, oh, baby, I think it's gone. I know. I know. She'll recover when she sees the amazing things that she's getting in her Easter basket. Tomorrow, though. And beside her Easter basket. Because I went for some real interesting items this year. Yeah. Yeah. But you did not get her a bunny. You mean a live bunny? Yeah. I got her several bunny-shaped items. And that would like to be enough. How excited would you be if you got her a real bunny? I mean, you have to admit all of our kids would be excited. <laughs> yes, I guess so. As much as I don't want to do that, the level of excitement would probably be worth it. Mm-hmm. At least at least for like a couple weeks until... My main concern is that like the fire alarm would go off and then it would like die of fear or something. And then... Because I know that that can happen. Like, bunnies can get startled by loud noises mm-hmm. and just, like, drop dead. And that would be so traumatizing for the kids that I feel like it would cancel out all of the good times. Get a very <laughs> severe lesson of death immediately. <laughs> but I do think, you know, if we ever are in a point where we have the right setup and maybe don't have any other pets, I would totally get a Holland Lop because have you seen them? Mm-hmm. They're so cute. And can you imagine how much the kids would like one? you imagine how mad they would be at our other pets if they ate the bunny? That's why I said... At, <laughs> they would never have, forgive them. But that's why I said, like, you know, if our other pets were to go to a long <laughs> vacation <laughs> permanently. Yes. No, I'm just saying, like, our other pets... They're predators. And they're very old, so they're not going mm-hmm. to be here forever. Mm-hmm. Like... I know it seems like they're going to be here forever because they've been here they've for like such been, a long they've time. They've already been here longer than, than I could have ever. I feel like we have friends who've for. gotten pets and had their pets pass away and gotten new pets in the length of time that we've had our pets. Several. Like, yes. for whatever reason, our pets are just like in Very it for long. the long haul, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I sound so like whatever, but it's just like at this point, we have to admit our pets are kind of old. They are, but. They don't seem like they're going anywhere either. No, but I don't think the kids are unfortunately getting as much out of them as they would be if they were at a different point in their life cycle. They're kind of cranky. There's, like, I feel especially bad for Lilac because I think the older two kids remember more good times with the pets. Whereas Lilac, I feel like she's, like, afraid of Spike because he always tries to take her food. And he was never quite as mean to the bigger kids, but I feel like he's just stopped caring in his old age. Like, he will knock a baby down to, like, take their sandwich. Like, he does not even care. Or a banana. Yeah, and Willow is just, like, a little scratchier than she used to be. <laughs> a little snarlier, you know. Voice is slightly so, shriller. I'm just saying, like, one day those pets are not going to be with us. And at that point, I would consider getting a rabbit. They're cute. If we had, like, I was thinking, like, if we had, like, a screened-in, like, back porch. I'm done having caged animals in my life, though. I am, too. But, like, you know that you can house train a rabbit. You can house train a rabbit (laughs) if you like. Won't be house training any rabbits personally, but... I think once you see how cute the Holland Lob is, you might change your mind. Can I I flush the toilet, too? No. I think it just goes in, like, a little corner box. No. 
A rabbit. It's not. Yes. It's not ideal, but like it's it's better than nothing. It's true. I mean, I don't totally want a rabbit. What I'm about just, an outdoor hutch? I'm worried though because like the House Rabbit Society of America says that that's cruel. Really? Yeah. Why? Probably because they're the House Rabbit Society of America. Um, I only know about this because like I went down a wormhole after reading one of Amy Sedaris's books, and you know she's a big House Rabbit mm-hmm. supporter. Yes. But you are supposed to keep them in your house okay. if they're a house rabbit. I think, though, if you just get one from, like, a farmer, you can probably keep it outside. Just because, I mean, that's more the conditions it's used to. But you still have to make sure it has, like, heating and cooling mm. enough, you know. You don't want it to just, like, freeze or, like, broil or something. Yeah. No, I don't really want a rabbit that badly. It's just every time I see a Holland Blob for, like, about 60 seconds, I... I'm totally like, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then I remember all the reasons why I really don't want to do it. But one of the reasons why I could do it is that the kids would be really excited. And if there was a live rabbit here tomorrow, that would be thrilling for them. Although you're not supposed to give William things as pets. You're not. You no. mean as gifts? Yeah, exactly. I think you can, though, if it's something that you are going to give them anyway. Kind of like how I was saying about the shoes. If you're going to get it for them anyway, like, if you've already decided to get a rabbit, but, like, it aligns for you to get the rabbit for Easter, you might as well. What you shouldn't do is get a rabbit just because it's Easter. Mm. Or get a rabbit for someone as a I've seen, like, signs up at, like, certain shelters I've been to that are like, please don't do this. But what they mean more is, like, you shouldn't surprise someone with a rabbit for Easter. Like, let's say you and I are making each other Easter baskets, but we're just dating. But we're just dating. And, Mm. like, we don't live together. You shouldn't, like, surprise me with a rabbit. Like, show up at my house and be like, Happy Easter. That's a huge mistake. It's a very Andy Bernard idea. Yes. I mean, it's not quite as bad as, like, all the, like, he's leg. Like, the... But he also got a cat for Angela. Yes, but I think that's... Or no, that was uh, Dwight. Never mind, sorry. No, no, Andy captured that cat because that's how he finally won Angela over when she she wouldn't date him and then he captured that cat right but it was actually the cat that i think dwight had yes. already tried to give her previously in the same day yes but then andy recaptured it and gave it to her and she accepted it from him mm-hmm. but my point though is that you shouldn't surprise someone with a pet mm-hmm. if you're the parent and you're planning to buy a pet for your child anyway i think in that case you can give them a pet whenever you want true because that's not quite the same i think the problem is if you surprise someone with a pet they don't actually want mm. And then it's like they're going to, like, probably get rid of it. Or you surprise someone with a pet they want, but they would have wanted to pick it out themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, because theoretically, like, especially if you're us and your pets are going to live for, like, the next million years, you possibly want to have, like, selected them yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even if I say I want a dog, like, I probably want to pick the dog out. I don't want you to just randomly show up with a dog. Yeah, I'm kidding. And so, I mean, the same with a bunny. Like, if I was going to get a bunny, I would want to, like, pick it out. But if I was getting a bunny for the kids, I would also want to pick it out. Because I don't know if I would trust them to pick the right bunny. I don't think like, bunnies live that long, though, do they? I think that some of them can live for a decent while. I mean, five to seven years, question mark. Mm. I think three to seven years, maybe. I mean, I think it depends on maybe what kind of bunny they are and how well you're taking care of them. Any loud noises occur? Yes. 
Just think, I had friends that had bunnies when I was a kid, and I mean, I remember them having the bunny when we were, like, little kids and still having the bunny later, like, maybe in high school. So I feel like the bunny made it for, like, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else about the springtime or Easter that we didn't talk about? I feel like there is. I mean... We talked about Easter mostly and just kind of touched on why spring is good. But, I mean, we all know that spring is good, but it does come with allergies, which is unfortunate. There are some really beautiful trees outside of our windows right now that are just blooming, and it makes everything look so nice outside, but also I can't open the windows anymore. But, no, I actually do like spring, but I don't think it's my favorite. I'm still going to, like, keep my devotion to fall. I understand. But I think that um, something that we didn't touch on about springtime, like something like, I, don't, I feel like I've mentioned a lot of like complaints, so I want to like end on a positive note, you know? About spring? Yeah. I feel like there's a sense of kind of refreshment as far as like, with homeschooling, We've kind of, like, I think gotten back into a good rhythm after kind of going through a little bit of, like, a winter slump. Mm-hmm. You know, because in winter, it's, like, you've been doing the same stuff for, like, a long time. And then you kind of get bumped off track with all, like, the holidays. That's so how I feel like things, some things kind of were feeling a little stale. Some things got a little disheveled. And now it feels like we've gotten kind of back into a new routine. Like, things are feeling, like, more exciting again. And we're also sort of coming to the point where we're finishing up some curriculum. Like, we're finishing up some curriculum now and some projects and stuff. And also, I'm starting to really look forward to, you know, what we're going to be doing in the summer and even planning for, like, into, like, next fall and everything. So, kind of along with, like, the springy feel, there is kind of that feeling of, like, the things we've been doing all winter that had gotten kind of drab feel, like, refreshed and new again, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. I like that about spring. Yeah. Especially around here, because the winter's so bleak. Yeah, I mean, because, like, the contrast to what we were just talking about with it being, you know, almost like you're in, like, a vibrant, like, enchanted forest of, like, greenery right now is that a month ago, everything was literally just gray. The trees were gray and leafless. The grass was, like, completely dead and, like, scraped away in patches. Mm-hmm. And the sky was, like, just a flat sheet of like steely gray you know mm-hmm. so it's so nice to go from that to like everything is like happening again you know mm-hmm. so you know it, it's it's a good feeling and i definitely think that's part of why the kids are like bouncing off the walls now too because they just want to get out there <laughs> and they want their easter things emerald is so worried that i forgot to like do the easter shopping <laughs> Mostly because... Kept asking you about it? Well, the thing is that, like, I spent a lot of time, you know, like we said, like, I did a lot of, like, online shopping and stuff for Easter basket things, but I didn't want to... I don't know. I feel like if I spend too much time, like, telling the kids that I'm shopping, that makes them feel like, I don't know, I don't want it to breed, like, materialism or something. And to just have them constantly think about, like, me buying them stuff. So whenever we've gotten some, like, packages recently from Amazon that a lot of them were, in fact, things for the Easter baskets, I kind of, like, wouldn't admit it to them. I was like, oh, I've ordered some things, you know. But I think that the result of that is that now I'm really worried that I, like, forgot to buy the Easter basket things. She was like, mommy, 
you should really be doing some shopping for the Easter baskets because you know so she's she's a little she's a little on edge. But I've reassured her that you know I've I've got it covered. It's fine. She's not one to be disappointed. She does not. I don't think she'll be disappointed. She won't be. I mean, that's that's the other thing you asked me about, like, what my parameters for the Easter basket are. The other thing is that I don't do requests. Like, for Christmas, I might, like, take into account, like, things that somebody's asked for. Even for birthdays, I might be like, what do you want for your birthday? But for Easter baskets, I don't take requests from the kids. Mm-hmm. And I also don't try to get them the same kind of things that they would ask for or that I would buy them, like, for a birthday or Christmas, like... There's there's some overlap, of course, because, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, they might like that I could potentially get another time. But, like, I try to have it be more things that are going to be a surprise. Like, things that they maybe haven't thought of or don't know exist. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it kind of more magical and exciting. And it's also, like, the Easter basket shopping is a real treat for me. Because it's kind of more just, like, what do I want to buy them? Mm-hmm. And what do I think would be, like, super fun for them to have? Whereas Christmas and birthdays, I mean, of course, there's some of that, too. But it's also more like I feel a certain amount of pressure to be like, what do they want? How can I fulfill their dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, I'm trying to obviously make the Easter baskets nice for them. But I'm more the dream that I'm trying to fulfill for them is to be, like, surprised and delighted. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're going to be really excited. I think they will. They really want me to set the Easter baskets out so they can see them first thing in the morning, but that's not happening. So I want to get to see them seeing the Easter baskets. And, like, I feel like if Emerald thought the Easter baskets were going to be out here, she would, like, come out of her room at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning to see them. So, oh, she's really not. She might still try to do that. Yeah. Well, happy Easter, Ash. Happy Easter, Rob. <laughs>
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.